Welcome to Public Showering, created by me, Sophie Duncan. This is the only podcast designed specifically for pole artists, aerialists, and movers of all kinds who want to learn how to build amazing choreography, tell your stories, and be the best performer you can be. Part of my Sadasi creative coaching system, I'll help you unlock your full fierce and creative selves using professional dance, theater, choreography, and circus tools, plus a hint of real life backstage stories and some simple confidence boosting skills. So today's podcast, it's all about, well, it's not about you. <laughs> okay. So let me tell you what I'm thinking about. I'm not just being shady. Okay. I'm not just coming here at you and be like, yo, it's just not about you. What I'm talking about is what it actually means when you've made your piece and you've made your piece of choreography and then you go and put it on stage and what it changes into. So one of the first things that I teach when I'm doing any kind of choreography or even just dance class is to project and project in a very basic term just means that from wherever you are right now, you are sending out energy far away (laughs) in a very, very basic way. Okay. When it comes to dancing and performance and pole dancing or any other aerial like that, you've got to really project your story and that can be as simple as literally using your eyes looking out towards the audience looking right to the back of the stage when you first not the back of the stage back of the audience when you first start dancing when you're like four um, the, you get told constantly to look up and that's mostly because you're four and you're looking at your feet <laughs> because you've got nothing better to look at and you're amazed that they're doing things um, but <laughs> You know, you've got to look out because that's what you do. And then when you're older, that you might get told something more specific, like, you know, look out towards the audience, look at look in this direction, because also you're telling stories. Even if you're doing contemporary dance as an actor, uh, you will be looking often at your partner on stage, but then sometimes the the actor will be looking out to the audience. Maybe when they're reading a monologue, you know, they have this glazed look. But especially in Shakespeare, when you you're doing these monologues to the audience, you can't just be glazed over. You know, you. You, you are talking specifically to an audience and every single person in that room should feel like they are having a personal show and you made it, you designed it for them, even though they're well aware there's I don't know, 500 people around them. This show is all for you and it's been completely projected towards you and there's no different in the pole dance world or at least there shouldn't be. Sadly, there is, but here's a few little sort of skills and tricks and things to think about. So even from day dot when you start making your choreography consider looking out so the podcast i sent you last week was all about winning okay and that is a genuine projection of like your hopes your dreams your ambition and in your piece even if you're making a piece that doesn't actually have a story necessarily let's say it's an exotic routine and it's more about you being super sexy um maybe you're doing an art routine and it's about something that's very inner and it's about you and it's an internal thing just because the piece is about you and being internal doesn't mean you can't project the energy out so without sounding really contemporary um i do talk about energies and sending this energy off stage and you know this you can see this from certain performers um that that thing of like showmanship or show personship um and feeling like oh they're such a great performer like they just electrify me they're so super charismatic that that charisma is essentially what i'm talking about right now that virtuosity that even they're just just moving is like oh my god they moved it was incredible like this is what it needs to be so when I say it's not about you, 
you have to perform the piece in such a way that the energy of what you're doing reaches to the back of the stage in such a, such a big way. And as soon as you get on stage, you are vulnerable, okay? And I mean this in a very specific way because on one side of the, one flip of the coin, you are the most powerful thing ever. You are super, super strong. You are now, as a soloist, which is most Polacks, you are commanding the audience to do something. You are wanting them to laugh, cry, enjoy the moment. <laughs> you are wanting them to applaud for you. You are imagining things. But you've got to offer them a time and a place to do that. And if you perform inside yourself and think that this piece is all about me and it's my story, it's not going to work because we don't want to. Imagine yourself like a book, but all the letters are a bit blurry and you can't quite read it. Um, I don't know if anyone's written train spotting before. <laughs> Sorry, read, read train spotting before. It's written in Scottish. Um, <laughs> and if you read it like an English person, it's really, really hard to read. If you read it in a Scottish accent, you suddenly have this incredible access to what's going on. And that is possibly one of the greatest forms of written projection I've ever ever discovered in my life because bizarrely you have to perform it in your own head <laughs> so if you want a very bizarre example of this read Trainspotting um, but what I'm saying is your story it, you can't, it can't be selfish you've gone on stage and you've offered you're telling people that you've got a story to tell and it's very important whatever you decided to put on stage it is important you've made it it deserves an audience, it deserves music, it deserves all these great technical people's times, it deserves the judges' time, it deserves that 50 quid that everyone spent on their ticket. It's not about you anymore. You are the vessel in which a thing is given to the audience. And if you don't serve it in a way that's really honest and humble and giving and warm, the audience don't want to know. The audiences can be mean. <laughs> like, if they're not getting it, if they're not buying it, like... They'll just sit there and believe me, I'm a bitch, okay? I'm rude, I'm mean, and if someone's not serving, even if I can see that they're a great performer, well, that doesn't make sense. If I can see that they're, let's say, a very fit performer, but I'm not buying their story, I get really bored. I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But but you've all seen it. You have all seen it. Well, you've seen someone being like, wow, they're so incredibly strong. But for some reason, you don't feel touched by it. You don't feel an emotional connection. And that might be performer. And this, sadly, isn't always the case. Like, sometimes I train people who I know, as a person, they're very emotional and they're very, very proud about the story that this, they're telling. But sometimes the technical aspect of it prevents them from really telling their story. And I mentioned this before in another podcast called... Um, what on earth should I call it? Um, telling Your Truth. Yeah. Speaking Your Truth, Telling Your Truth. Something like this. <laughs> a few podcasts back. Have a go. Um, <laughs> if you are too afraid to really get into the nuts and bolts of your story because it's super, super personal, this will be another reason why you don't really serve it to the audience because it's so much about you that you're too scared to share it. So then maybe you might have to consider maybe doing a slightly different piece. So listen to that podcast if you're about to tackle something that's quite deep and dark and scary. Um, but... Make sure that whatever you do and make, you or you have the audience in mind. Imagine the audience like another performer on stage with you. Imagine that you're actually making a choreography with somebody else in the room. So I mentioned it in, in the previous podcast about winning. Um, I had this very, again, could be seen as a selfish thing. I don't think it is. 
I really get a... <laughs> this is a weird use of it. I get a real turn on <laughs> from, from feeling pride. <laughs> I hope that doesn't come across in a very weird way. I mean that in like... You know when someone just says, I'm so proud of you for doing this thing and being like amazed by it. Like, it's such a warm feeling. And I know it's judged as one of those things. Isn't it like a seven deadly sin? Pride is one of them. I don't really care. Like... I love it when someone's proud of me. When someone says, you know what, that really was emotional, like, or you made me laugh so much, or um, I really saw myself in your character. For me, this kind of feedback, it really drives me in such a, such a big way. And that's because, yeah, it, it comes back to me and it becomes about me after the fact. But generally speaking, when I make the choreographies, I make them in a way, or at least I think I make them in a way that is genuinely sincere. I really consider who these characters are and I want people to fall in love with them. I don't want them to fall in love with me. They're not falling in love with Sophie Duncan. That's my boyfriend's job. But <laughs> like, they're falling in love with this character that I've invented. And that's also the fun of it, you know? It's, you know, when you really get into your character and you really build this character, like, you'll know this from watching. There'll be a certain TV series or film or book that you've watched or read before. And you really fall in love with somebody. And it's usually, you know, the underdog. And, you could, and watch that character and really understand why it is that you fall in love with them. Because usually the very desperate character, for some reason I've got Dobby in my head, like you can't help but fall in love with them because you're so, you so desperately want them to win. And, you know, these like pathetic little things. And it's because genuinely, <laughs> it's actually quite a good example, Dobby has to give up his whole soul for, for a sock or to be given something by its owner, right? Think of it like, be a Dobby. <laughs> Think about, you're telling this through and you're giving everything, even if it is a really high energy, super sexy exotic piece, you're still giving everything. And even when you come to like the real history, the true history of pole, you know, when we think of gentlemen's club and strips, um, strip clubs and stuff like this, you know, the, the women there and men, like they're giving everything, you know, it isn't about them. It's about you need to love me. And they're sending out the story and these signals of like, I am the sexiest thing in the room and you need to invest in me. So, you know, if they were really into themselves and they were really like down and they, you know, didn't project this kind of huge energy, they just wouldn't get paid. You know, <laughs> think of it. If you don't tell your story like that, if you don't really project everything and make it about the audience, people aren't going to buy it. They're just not going to buy it. So when you're making your routines, really think about who it is you're trying to impress here. Like, who is it that you want to understand this person? And obviously the judges are a first thought. But to be honest, I never think about them. I don't care. Like, if I ever think about the judges, I'm honestly more bothered about making sure that my feet are pointed. Um, and I generally tend to consider the show personship and the actual performance quality and the movement quality. I very rarely think about whether they're going to understand the story and people will definitely say that's bullshit. So if you need to think about it, um, because you know, if you do a super English, um, piece of choreography, like a very English story, let's say about coal mining, coal, coal mining or something like this. And then you have a whole panel of, I don't know, Chinese or, um, anyone from Europe or something like this, like, yeah, okay, their countries also have minors in the country, but if you're doing it about a particular thing that's very truly, like, Yorkshire English about being in a mining village, it might go over their head. So this is when the selling your story thing really has to pay off, because if they don't get it because they're not local, 
which is also true. Like most of the comps I've been to recently have been down south, and they ain't <laughs> they ain't labour constituencies in the north. You know, <laughs> like if I did a mine mining piece, it probably wouldn't land quite as well. So you have to tell the story from a very very honest open place. Sorry, I was hitting the mic for you there. Um, where you can really expand on it and fall in love with the character yourself. Like, this does sound very weird, but make it so little about you personally that you fall in love with the character that you've made. You need to love them so much. Give them a name. Think of who they are. Think of a bigger story. I went through this and the character building thing. Like, ask your character all these various different questions about who they are and what they are. Again, another podcast you can listen to. Um, but yeah, fall in love with the character yourself so that then you can imagine how it would feel for the audience too. So that's my little podcast on that. Coming up very soon, I'm going to be launching a mini-series of podcasts all about competition prep. And I'm going to be bringing some very special guests in to talk about their experience of comps. We've got a couple of judges on our on the podcast. We've got some um, current and ex uh, competitors uh, and also some comp creators so make sure you tune in for those they are coming very very soon so keep an eye on the website for all these things because if you're about to get into comp season and we're in august right now at least if you're listening this is august 2022 we are warming up for what is going to become a huge huge comp season so not to miss make sure you keep an eye on the sadasi website so go to www.soduncan.com slash sadasi you'll see the public showering link right there or of course keep listening on spotify itunes for all this and of course please keep sharing keep sharing i'm starting to get messages from people which is super super fun so again don't make it about you make it about me um <laughs> make it about what do you want to know do you have you got a burning question that you want to hear especially about competition do do let me know i love to hear from you guys and it's really good to hear that people are starting to like tune in and share so do tag me at so duncan on instagram if you do share it because i will be there in a flash to say thank you so it's been fun don't make it about you, make it about the character and make it beautiful. <laughs> See you next time. If you're loving what you've been hearing in the Public Showering Podcast, you have to experience Sadasi. www.soduncan.com slash Sadasi. It's the online community that is everything you've been hearing in Public Showering, plus so much more. It's where you can get one-to-one -one help bringing all these ideas to your own work, it's where you can learn new creative coaching tools not shared on the podcast that will blow your mind even more. And it's where you can hang out and chat with other Sadasi members just like you and help each other unlock your creative potential. It's fun, it's chill, and I'm there for you when you need that little bit of extra support. So come join us at www.soduncan.com slash Sadasi. It's been a pleasure to have you with me today. I'll see you there. Love you, bye-bye.